I know on my Instagram, you often see the highlight reel of all the good things that happen in my STEM space. I love to share these things with you to help you be encouraged as to what STEM can look like at the elementary level. Likewise, I definitely still share the not so pretty things too, especially on my Instagram stories. You can definitely see what I look like without makeup all the messy things in my classroom. (laughs) And with that being said, I am here to share the not so pretty things and three things that I struggled with the most when I first started as a K-5 STEM teacher. Welcome to the Elementary STEM Coach Podcast, a show that'll help you with lesson ideas, systems, and actionable tips to apply to your classroom. I am your host, Naomi Meredith, a former classroom teacher turned current STEM teacher and coach. With over a decade of experience teaching and a master's degree in STEM leadership, I am here to coach you throughout the year to help you gain back more time to create innovative experiences for your students. Grab your earbuds and let's get started. After being a classroom teacher for six years and jumping into the K-5 STEM space where I didn't know any of the students or teachers, it made me feel like a brand new teacher all over again. Now, luckily in this situation, I had some experience under my belt, but there are also those silly things whenever you go into a brand new building, like what's the Wi-Fi password? Where's the staff bathroom? And how do I connect to the printers in the building? It's all those things you don't know, and it gets a little bit frustrating. And with that being said, I was literally thrown into this role where not only would I be teaching all the kids in the school as a specials teacher, but also being the 100% manager of all the school-wide technology and also all the teachers when it came to co-planning and teaching to help them implement STEM technology and innovative practices. So leaving the classroom and into this big role was completely a big feat, not impossible, but definitely a lot of challenges. And so speaking of the STEM role specifically, here are the three major things that I struggled with the most And I think that you're actually going to be able to relate with them too. I always tell my students this, that I wasn't born knowing how to teach STEM. They weren't born knowing all the STEM things. And they always laugh at that, but I'm like, it's true. Like I'm learning with you. I have to research about everything. So it's okay if you're going into this role or you're in this role and you still don't know everything. I don't still know everything, but here are those three biggest struggles. The first thing that I struggled with the most was understanding what each grade level knew and needs to learn. So like I said, this was a brand new school to me. I didn't know any of the students or the teachers, and I was really trying to figure out what they knew and didn't know, the students and also the teachers too, when it comes down to it. So this is really, I mean, what it comes down to teaching when you have a brand new class. You don't always know what everybody knows. Um, that's just getting to know your students. This was definitely brought out at a bigger scale, having 500 plus kids. And even the fact to learning their names, I've never learned that many people's names in one time. Um, so that was a huge thing. But even just being new to a building, I didn't even know what curriculum they were using, what Um, practices are done in the classroom. I came from a school that was 
really big on training us as teachers to be better with our instruction and have high level learning and also teaching with the workshop model. I came into a building, found out later that wasn't the case. So completely different. So that was a huge thing, just how students were learning in general. And also my students had never had STEM before. And so like pretty much every single thing that I was doing them was with them was brand new. So I found out pretty quickly that everything was taking 10 times longer and I couldn't get done with everything that I wanted to. I have this big vision in my mind. I'm a big picture thinker. I can definitely work up to the details, but I can envision things very, very well. And then I can get it done to get up there. So I really had to understand the kid's starting point and really had to gradually build up to the program that I had dreamed of and created. I think um, in the episode, I can't remember if we recorded this or um, we talked about it on the side, but when I did the interview with Jennifer Mahan, when we were talking about grant writing, she saw the same thing that when she got first started, you ha- she had to start everybody kind of at the same spot when it came to materials because they didn't have any background in STEM. And I definitely had to do the same thing. Everyone was pretty much at that same level. I didn't have need or have the money um, necessarily to buy everything I wanted, but also the kids weren't ready for all of those things I wanted to buy. Um, and we'll talk about that too, because that was also a challenge as well. But I really had to gradually build up to the program that I had dreamed of and created. And this is something that my principal at the time, when I first got started, we definitely talked about that. And she was super supportive um, in my program, at least my first principal was. Um, if you really want to hear about how I built up to this program, um, just finished a grade level STEM series, and that's episodes 81 through 86, where I give you a snapshot of every grade level K through five and what I teach with them, and then a breakdown of their week and what we do. So definitely through this time, I was not, I was nervous. I didn't know if things would work. I still feel that way when I teach brand new things. But when everything's brand new, I was not sure if it was going to work. How would we do this? How would we do that? I'm okay with failing, but it was just really, really stressful. But I can definitely say now that I am very confident that my lessons will work. Even new ones, for the most part, I have that same structure where I only have to do some adjustments, but the way that I plan and the way that I think things through now that through my learning process is that I'm very confident that my lessons are going to work and also be adapted to each grade level and in turn has built up a whole year of lessons and curriculum that are planned out. So as students are going through my program, they have that progression of learning and it's not disconjointed and random things where, oh my gosh, like, okay, we're doing this, we're doing that. Everything has a nice flow to it. There's some organization and they can definitely learn all of those skills. The second thing that I really struggled with the most when stepping into the STEM teacher role was I didn't know what content themes to teach. So this goes along with the first one as well, but it is a little different too. So (laughs) I was a classroom teacher before, and I took every free training that I could. I didn't have a master's degree in STEM education. I do now in STEM leadership. But at the time, I was taking as many trainings as I could, free or paid, trying to piecemeal everything together, watching videos when I could, 
didn't have a mentor, just kind of was figuring stuff out, reading books. I had a little bit of background, but not really. I really, I really knew enough, but not really. I don't know how they hired me. <laughs> Maybe because I was willing to learn. You can listen about that in episode one. But I really was trying to piece this all together. And luckily, there were other STEM teachers in my district that I could reach out to and connect with. And just hearing them talk about their experiences, and they had been doing this for a couple of years more than me, was really, really helpful to wrap my mind around things. And I know that this is super fortunate for me. Not everybody has another STEM teacher, another them that they can connect with. Maybe it's only a middle school teacher, which is similar but different. That could be helpful too. But that was really, really helpful with my growth is connecting with other teachers who are in a similar role to me. Because like I said, I didn't have a mentor. I didn't have anybody I could really ask <laughs> besides a few teachers, which was I was really thankful. But I wish that I had somebody who was on the outside and could really guide me. My district doesn't even have leadership like that. They didn't really have that before. So I was just kind of figuring stuff out and um, the leader and me had to figure it out. But um, also at the time, my district was providing training. So not necessarily a mentor, but they were getting some trainings in with some of the um, materials that we had in our classrooms or some things that they would give us. And that happened all before COVID. So my first three years, had some of that support. It was kind of inconsistent, but it was better than nothing. And then after COVID, there was nothing. So not really any support or anything like that. So really, I would say felt like an island, even within the five years have felt that still, but I know that my lessons work and they're confident. I'm confident. I've had even the middle school teacher. um, I chatted with her and after having my kids for five years, she she can tell, actually, she told me this. They know, the teachers know, especially the science te- and technology teachers know when there are kids who come from my school compared to the other schools in the feeder, because my kids are able to critically think, they're being creative, they're excited about doing projects, they have the stamina to do projects, and they try to rope in the other kids because they know what this can be. And she says it's a super apparent because not actually all the schools in my district have STEM. It's actually the first thing to be cut in our elementary schools. But knowing that it took a while from going from, I don't know anything to really researching and reading and finding out those best practices. So through this time, I definitely can say that I have a community of teachers that I can bounce ideas off of and feel like that I'm a part of a group that understands exactly what I'm going through. And that's definitely huge because think about it. You're the only adult in your room all day. I mean, you might have a pair of TA here and there to help you with those students, but you're kind of in your own head. Like everybody's there. All the kids are there, but you're kind of alone. (laughs) So definitely through this whole time in this position, I've definitely been documenting everything, really thinking through and evaluating how things are going with students and my lessons and how they're learning and even making connections with their classroom teachers. Classroom teachers tell me, oh, they were like so excited that their kids had some background knowledge about a topic. So when they're going into science, they could further that, which is really exciting. So 
learning those big content themes throughout the year. So thinking about robotics, makerspace, um, coding, and all of that, it really helped having that community. So I could bounce ideas off of them and hearing what they're doing in their classroom or things that I definitely wanted to grow with. The last thing that I really struggled with when I came into this K-5 STEM space, and this is a very common one, (laughs) is that I didn't know what to buy. So this was actually a huge shift in itself that as a classroom teacher, I had a very, very, very limited budget. And I mean, you're oftentimes you're, you're given those materials, right? So you have those math manipulatives or you have some books that you can read with the kids. There's not always a whole ton to buy. Of course there is. Of course, as a classroom teacher, I bought a whole lot, but it was so different being a K through five STEM teacher where I actually had to buy like really expensive stuff and things that could be used over and over and over again. And I was like, whoa, I did have actually a pretty decent budget my first year. And then it really dwindled after that. But I did not know where to start and what to buy and what would work. So when I came into my room, like I said, it wasn't STEM before. It was technology. There was a few buckets of Lego bricks, an old 3D printer, and there's some random materials that were better suited for middle school, which I ended up testing out with elementary, found out it was better for the older kids. Not impossible, just they weren't there yet. Um, actually gave them to our middle school teachers and they were really grateful for that. But like I said, I was given a (laughs) decent budget and I knew that I had to be strategic in my purchasing. So thinking about, yes, I have all the students in the school, but how can I really be strategic in what I buy? So I actually made a spreadsheet and took inventory of my whole space and was really thinking about what were the consumable things that I needed and to replace the things that would get used up. What are some of those non-consumables that can be used over and over and over again? Also, there's a huge shift with the primary and secondary. I didn't have anything for the little kids. And you've heard me talk about the little kids a lot. I love kindergarten. They need a lot more when it comes to different types of activities. I didn't have anything for them at all. I didn't even have crayons. So definitely thinking about what are those primary things that I needed and also the secondary things. And from there, I definitely needed a mix of that high tech type of things and also the low tech. Both have different importance. So really being strategic, I would spend so many hours researching and figuring this out and really being thoughtful about how I would spend my money and also what did I really need now? And what would I need in the future? So I was able to create a budget plan for my current situation and for my future supplies, like my wish list for things in a five years time frame. Of course, there's always things to buy. There's always that new thing or some updates or pieces that needed to be fixed. But I was able to find those resources, even though my budget was small after those following years, be creative with my money. Often getting donations in various ways or grants were definitely a source of abundance in my classroom and also connecting with other teachers in my building. So definitely not impossible, but definitely a strategic plan I really had to be thoughtful about and think about what the long-term could be instead of the day-to-day supplies. As a recap, here are those main things that really were the biggest struggles for me when I came into the K-5 STEM classroom. 
First was understanding what each grade level knew and needed to learn. Next was also, I didn't know what content themes to teach. So connecting that with what they need to know and what they need to learn, but also what are those big things in STEM I should be teaching? And then also, I didn't know what to buy. But like I said, these weren't things that kept me stuck. These are things that I was able to work through and document and really come to a place where this is something, a whole thing with this podcast, the reason why this podcast is named The Elementary STEM Coach is to be your coach and your guide so you're not feeling alone. You might be listening to me in the car or walking your dog or on your lunch break, maybe after school when you're cleaning up all of the cardboard scraps. So that is definitely the whole thing with this podcast is just making sense of all of this so that you're not feeling and stuck in this place. Now, the podcast is definitely a great source, and I am so, we are almost to 100 episodes, you guys, (laughs) which is so insane to me, and we're not even quite a year old yet, but definitely just taking this podcast and bringing it to life where definitely am here to actually be your coach, and I am so excited about this new opportunity to really serve you even better because I don't want you to feel alone anymore. I definitely want you to feel successful. And in turn, your students can be successful too. So I am so excited to start my STEM into summer group coaching program, where we will have an awesome 16 weeks together, where the first month will really be focused on your lesson plan and supply auditing, where I'll give you those templates to do that and also provide you some feedback. And then from there, those next 12 weeks, we'll have some live group coaching calls where you do get to have that community of teachers where we are talking about things to help you be successful. Also have those replays in the form of video and a private podcast. Over those times throughout those live calls, you'll also get that audio connection with me one-on-one where we get to chit chat through audio and I get to guide you and really get to be your coach and literally be in your back pocket. So you're hearing to this recording, but we actually will get to chat back and forth with each other. And the whole purpose of this time together is to create your customized and scaffolded STEM curriculum that it works best for your unique situation and also provides that engagement that you're looking for. Adaptable lesson plans for multi-grades. Some of you teach pre-K to eighth grade. That's a huge span to really think through a different type of unit for every single part of the year by yourself. It's definitely not impossible, but that's a whole lot to do on your own. And I would love to help you through that. And of course, creating those templates and outlines and resources that will support your planning. This is something that when I was co-teaching in my building that teachers thoroughly enjoyed is they would have this idea. They didn't know how to bring it to life. And I I would sketch some some things out and be able to create something that they were envisioning. So having that support and having somebody to talk through those things is something that I thrive in and absolutely love. Also, um, through this time, you will also get some bonuses. So you will get a free 30-minute one-on-one live coaching call with me so we can see each other face-to-face and set up that foundation so we can create something that works best for you. 
and that I know a lot of you have been waiting for the summer to sign up because I know reading's the best time, reading by the pool is the best, but you'll also get um, free three months from June through August of the STEM teacher bookshelf. So you'll get access to those three new guides and also the past months that are in there. So this is definitely something I have envisioned. Like I said, the big picture person that I am, even envisioning just with the name of this podcast, the elementary STEM coach and bringing the coaching to you, which is so much fun. So exciting. So I only have 10 spots available. I wish I could serve all of you at once, but I only have 10 spots. So you definitely want to grab your spot now so that you don't miss out. And we will get started in June 2023. So you have until May 31st, 2023 to sign up, which not very much time. You only have what, a handful, couple of weeks to do that. So check it out at naomimeredith.com slash stem into summer to claim your spot and if you have any questions or if you're concerned about, is this right for me? What what else does this entail? All those types of questions, definitely send me a DM at Naomi Meredith underscore on Instagram, or you can also send me an email at contact Naomi Meredith at gmail.com. And I would love to chat with you, but definitely bringing this podcast to life, the actual real life coaching that Yes, you can get all the ideas and tips and tricks from me, but it's different when it is specialized to you. So thank you so much again for being here and I will chat with you soon. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Elementary STEM Coach Podcast. I would love to connect with you over on Instagram at Naomi Meredith underscore or send me an email to elementarystemcoachpodcast at gmail.com. Also, make sure to check out my website, naomimeredith.com to see all the show notes from today's episode and shop my K-5 STEM resources. Any questions you have, needs for resources, or ideas for episodes, get in touch. I'll talk to you soon.